Lift up your one hand and say with me, Lord, make me ready for the rapture. Say, Lord, send me a word today, a word that will prepare me for the rapture. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the glorious presence of the Lord. Welcome to the most pleasant place on earth. Amen. As I share God's word with you today, I'm convinced beyond any shadow of doubt that you'll be blessed. So last week, we started looking at the subject, the rapture. Amen. And to be able to ensure that you get this very, very well, I started from creation. Because the world started from creation, and very soon we are heading to the closing. And I just wanted you to know. So last week I spoke to you on the subject, the church age, the church age, the church age. And I explained that God, God's dealing in the affairs of men have been divided into seven periods in history by theologians and all those who wanted to make the work of Christ a bit complicated. They divided it into seven periods in history. These seven periods, we call them the seven dispensations. The seven dispensations. So last Sunday, I shared with you about the seven dispensations. We spoke about the dispensations of innocence, conscience, human government, promise, law. And then we said we are in the dispensation of grace. I went on to teach that another name for dispensation of grace is the church age. The church age. So we are in the church age. And the purpose of the church is to prepare the bride for Jesus to come and marry the bride and take the bride home. The church age will end with the rapture. I want by the mercies of God and by the grace of God, take my time and discuss the rapture with you. But before then, I want to remind you that last week I established that within the church age are seven types of churches. So the kind of church you belong to will determine whether you will be prepared as a bride for the groom to come and take you. That's why you have to be very careful where you go and who you listen to. But today, allow me to go to part two of the series. Now next week, will be part three, and next week I'll be talking on the judgment day. The judgment day. But today, allow me to talk on part two, the rapture. The rapture itself. The rapture itself. Now, I've always said that Jesus... Okay, let me show you this, this diagram before... I speak. So last week I showed you this diagram. I said that we are in the church age. 
So this is where we are now. And we are moving towards this place. So the church age will end with the rapture. Then after the rapture, there will be what we call tribulation. Some people bring this tribulation here. Some put it here. As a church, we are putting it here. So next week, we will look at the tribulation and discuss the mark of the beast. And then we will end on this one, the judgment day, the, the, the return of Christ to the earth. And then we will look at the thousand years, possibly, possibly, the thousand years of staying the Lord, staying with the Lord, and the battle of Amagadon. Maybe we should get there. But I don't want to make your life, I want to make your life complicated. I just want to make it simple. I believe that Jesus had a very, very simple message. And then theologians took the message of Jesus and made it complicated. Especially those who wrote the epistles. Now you need to go to Bible school to understand what Paul wrote. You need to go to Bible school to understand what Peter and Co wrote in the Bible. Actually, you need to go to Bible school to understand it. But you actually don't need to go to Bible school to understand the things that Jesus taught. He was such a great communicator. That he taught deep truths using very simple language and expressions. So we want to see how Jesus taught the rapture. I want to focus on how Jesus taught the rapture. I am not going to focus on how the theologians have complicated a very simple message of Jesus about the rapture. Jesus, in most of his um, parables, communicated to us that the, the time will come where we, the earth will cease to exist and we will stand before the judgment seat of God. He said this in many parables in different ways. But one of the most important parables about the coming of the Lord is the parable of the ten virgins. But before we get there to look at it, the parables of the ten virgins, let's hear Jesus about the rapture. And you see, it's a, I mean, the man just taught a whole three-year or four-year bachelor degree in eschatology in just some few verses in the book of John 14. From the verse 1 to 6. From the NIV. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe, you believe in God and also Believe in me. My father's house 
has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? I am going to prepare a place for you. I will come back. So he states, I'm going to prepare a place for you in my father's house. And I will come back. So the coming back, the coming back is what we call the rapture. And I will come back for you. Now come back for you. I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, for, for the disciples of Jesus, this was a very, very straightforward statement from Jesus. The theologians took this one, complicated it, and then we have to go to Bible school to understand it. But let me just give you the clear understanding. In the Jewish culture, the marriage ceremony was what Jesus was describing here. First, a man pays a bride price. Sometimes when even the baby is little, the man goes to tell the father, and the father pays the price, sends the price, and pays the bride price. That was why Jesus came to pay the price on the cross for us. Okay, the church is the wife of Jesus. He's paid the bride price already. But when the man pays the bride price, he does not immediately take the woman with him to the house. Yeah, some of you sitting here, I can see your faces. You haven't even paid the bride price. The woman is living in your house. Straight. Huh. So in the Jewish culture, the man sees a lady, tells the father, then the father pays the price. So Jesus on the cross paid the price for us. The bright price. So as you are sitting here right now, there have been a bright price paid on your behalf. That is why you can't love anybody apart from Jesus. That is why if you fall in love with money, with yourself, with all manner of things, you are becoming a prostitute. That's why you must love him with all your soul, your spirit, your mind, your body, your everything. You must love him because he has paid the bright price and your bright price was expensive. He has to die on the cross. He's paid it. Now after the bright price is paid in a Jewish culture, 
the groom will now go to his father's house to prepare a place. So when Jesus resurrected, he had to go back to his father's house. Now he's in his father's house preparing a place for the bride, the church, you and I. He's there preparing a place right now for you and I. He's telling the angels, I've gone to pay a price. My wife is coming home. The name of my wife is the church. They are going to, going to come home right now. Now, after the groom in the Jewish culture finishes preparing the rooms, the house, he returns. He returns. But normally, when the groom will return, it's usually the bride doesn't know. The bride knows that I, my bride price has been paid and I'm waiting for the groom to come and take me. In fact, sometimes the bride price is paid when the, the bride was so young, the bride had not even seen the groom before, but the bride has been told that a groom has paid your bride price and we are waiting for you to grow up and get to a point for the bride to the groom to come and take you so you don't know and sometimes the groom himself doesn't know because the groom's father will have to tell him okay now i want you to go and bring your wife that was why jesus couldn't tell when he will come so all these things complication about about rapture jesus put it in a very simple way he used the marriage ceremony of the jewish people to explain that he has come he has paid our bride price he's going to prepare a place in his father's house like they did in the in his days and then he will return but he couldn't tell us when he will return because it is the decision of his father to tell him when he will return after all you are going to prepare the bride and take him to your father's house. So your father must have a say. Your father must decide that it is good. Now you can go and bring the bride. Are you here with me? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And then when he comes, he comes to take the bride away in the Bible days. And then there is a seven days of feasting. But when he's coming, the bride gets to know that your husband is coming. So the bride also prepares to meet the husband. Have I explained that to you? So the whole rapture is a marriage ceremony between Jesus and the church. For that to happen, Jesus has to go through a process. He has to pay the bride price on the cross. He has to go back home and prepare a place in his father's house to come and take the bride like the Jewish did in his days. Then he will return to take the bride. And he will take the bride to his father's house so that where he is, his bride will also be there. But you see, 
The story of Hosea and his wife is like the story of Jesus and the church today. So the story of Hosea was a man, decent, God-loving, and God said to him, go and marry a prostitute. And then he obeys God and goes to marry a prostitute. Brings the prostitute home, treats the prostitute well, then the prostitute leaves home and becomes unfaithful. And yet, he continues to call the prostitute. God said to Hosea, go and bring Goban back home. Our bride price has been paid. We are supposed to be waiting for the coming of the groom. We are supposed to remain virgins for the coming of the groom. Pure, holy, acceptable unto him, pleasing unto him. But are we waiting for the coming of the groom? Are we waiting? You are, you are Jesus' bride. He's coming for you. So let's look at the rapture lessons from the parable of the ten virgins. From the parable of the ten virgins. Matthew 25, 1 to 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven would be like ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. So right now, as we sit in this room, there are foolish people and there are wise people here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will explain. Now, look, look. The foolish ones took their lambs, but did not take any oil with them. Jesus still teaching about the rapture. The wise one, however, took oil in jars along with their lambs. The bridegroom was a way long in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here, here is the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lambs. The foolish one said to the wise, give me some of your oil. Our lambs are going out. No, they replied, they may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went with him to the wedding banquet. To rapture is the whole wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the others also, also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Why ten virgins? Why oil in the lamp? Jesus still using the marriage ceremony of the Jews. Tried to explain a very complicated thing in a very simple language. In the, in the custom of the people of the Bible, 
there were always 10 bridesmaids. 10 bridesmaids. And because they didn't know when the groom would come, these 10 bridesmaids were always giving lamps or torches. And they'll be asked, wait when the groom comes. He may arrive in the night. You must have light to welcome him. May arrive in the light. You may have, you must have light to welcome him. But let me even go further. To get to, to give you a more understanding of what it means for a bride waiting for the bridegroom to have a lamp burning. Proverbs 31. Read the, we are reading the verse 10 and then the 18b. Proverbs 31, verse 10 and 18b. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Now here. And her lamp does not go out at night. So a true wife, a wife of a noble character, the symbolism that in this house there is a good wife, a wife of a noble character, the symbolism is that in the night when you are passing, you will see the light is on. You will see the light is on. Light has become a symbol of noble character. Jesus himself said in Matthew 5, 16, from the King James Version, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The church that is ready for the coming of the Lord is the church whose good works glorifies the Father. Is the Christian whose life glorifies the Father. He's coming. But he's not coming for everybody here. There were ten virgins. They all called themselves Christians. But he didn't take all of them. He took those whose lights were still on. Those with noble character. Those whose works glorified the Father. Now the other virgins said to the five, the foolish virgins said to the wise virgins, can you give us some of your oil? There are some things that are not transferable. They said, no, we can't give you. Salvation is not transferable. The fact that your, your mother was a Christian and your father was a Christian and they took you to church, that's not mean you have become one. It doesn't mean you have become one. Now, why did they use the oil as a symbol in this passage? Because the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And being born again begins with the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convinces you of sin. The Holy Spirit is the only agent that can convict you of sin. So the Holy Spirit convinces you of sin and then you give your life to Jesus. Now the Holy Ghost continues to work on you as you pray, as you build relationship with the Holy Ghost. The duty of the Holy Spirit in this generation is to prepare you for the bride. Prepare you for the groom. 
You remember when Esther and other ladies were waiting to spend one night with a king. The Bible said they, they were giving they were giving special uh, beauty therapies. The core of the beauty treatment was the use of oil to prepare them, make them beautiful, make them presentable to the king. And that's the same thing Jesus is talking about here. That continuously as we wait for the groom to come, we must allow the Holy Spirit to have impact on our lives. Prepare us for the groom. We must remain virgin. What it means is that you must be pure. You must be holy in waiting for the Lord. Let me tell you, all those who are talking about one saved forever saved, one saved forever saved, I am warning you here, don't listen to those people. Here were ten virgins. Ten virgins. All of them had oil, but one allowed the oil to run out. Was only those who had oil who were able to make it work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. One day, one day, one day, life will cease. The Son of Man will appear. Let me just share with you and conclude on this. We have a few dedication, and I don't intend to keep you here beyond 11:30. I'll continue next week. Now here. Let me show you how the Son of Man is going to come. How this wedding ceremony is going to take place. Please, let me tell you this. Be ready. You have to be ready. Present voices last sunday you sang um are you ready Wendela? can you come off stage i'm finishing i want you to come and sing this song again now now hear me hear me the coming present voices you remember how you sang last sunday yeah is your name in the book of life you know what you sang why are you pretending that you don't know See the way I called you without notification. That's the way the Lord will come. Now hear this. Our generation is the last generation. The Lord will appear soon. The church generation, the church dispensation is the last dispensation for the Lord to come. There has never been a time, no, come, come and line up behind me, where the coming of the Lord is so close. Can you play that music at the background quietly? That the coming of the Lord is so close. There hasn't been a time where the coming of the Lord is so close. Where it's so close. The coming of the Lord is so close. Here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 6 to, 16 to 18. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God 
and the dead in Christ will rise first. Anybody who died without accepting Jesus will not rise at this stage. And the dead in Christ will rise first. The trumpet will sound. There will be the voice of an archangel. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with the loud command, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive, that is those, now don't forget that he's already given us the premise, those who died in Christ. So those who are still alive is a reference to those who are alive and, and as, are in Christ. It's not those who are alive and are in church. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So you can be in church without being in Christ. For those who are in Christ, say after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air for the first time men will be flying without aeroplane this, this is something we can miss this is something you can be a Christian and miss we the, the Lord <laughs> will be caught up in the air to be with the Lord and so we will be with the Lord forever therefore encourage one another with these words this is to encourage you to tell you no matter what you are going through no matter the pain you are going through there is a better world waiting for you the Lord will come back he's paid the price the bride price you are his bride but he wants to find you a virgin how would that happen the Holy Ghost must help you. You must build a relationship with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is preparing you for the coming of the Lord. For the coming of the Lord. For the coming of the Lord. You must allow Him. He will convict you of every sin. He will purify your heart and get you ready for the coming of the Lord. You need, you need at this stage to make sure you don't miss this rapture. But let me tell you something. Whilst we are waiting for the big day, while we are waiting for the trumpet to sound, for me, this rapture takes place every day in the life of individuals. This morning, somebody died in a car accident. Another person died by COVID. Another person died by something. Once you die, you have no chance to repent again young people die old people die once you die today your rapture has come the day of the Lord has come in your life next week I'll show you where the souls of men wait if you die where will your soul go to there are only two places where the souls of men go to wait. I don't want to miss this day. 
That's why I want to ask you a question. I don't want you to miss it. As your pastor, I don't want you to miss this day. I want to ask you a question. Is your name in the book of life? Has Jesus written your name down that you are going to make heaven? The brother who slept and woke up in foreverland He looked around, nothing's familiar He wondered how he got to be there He took a walk around the city And saw this brick house with a small drawer 